Welcome to the Elite Life with Trisha and Kylie. This is where we'll teach you how to develop grit, give yourself grace, and succeed in real estate. So let's dive in. Welcome, everybody. Hi, friends. Thank you for joining us for another episode of The Elite Life here. We've got a very calm feng shui going right now. I'm hoping that you all are enjoying this, and I want you to just take a moment and breathe in and breathe out. <laughs> the quietest intro we've ever had. I know. Hello! Yeah, usually, we're smacking people in the face. Today, we have a very special episode because our lovely Trish is in the buyer and the seller seat right now as she works towards the next chapter of her life, which I'm super excited for because I mapped it. When you sent me that um, address, you're like, I'm going to go see this house. And then you're like, I saw the house. I got the feels. I freaking love it. And I'm like, let me just map this out. Just see how close we're going to be. And you are literally going to be eight minutes from where I live. And I couldn't be more excited to just come over uninvited and just ruin the new, you know, feels <laughs> in your house with the chaos of the entourage because, you know, I roll deep. Yeah, so not only am I the broker, but I'm also a client, right? Yay. Like, remember that old commercial? Yeah. I'm also a client. Um, it has been a roller coaster of a ride. Um, to kind of backtrack and give people a little preface of how this all got started, um, we like to vacation and um, when we get Airbnbs, we try to get lake houses. And so um, Trent especially, he has a love for jet skis and water skis and all things lakes. So, and ice skating. And let's, ice skating. Let's not forget that. Yes. So lakes freeze and then you get you get a you get to play pond hockey. Yeah. Um, so he really got his sights set on getting a lake house and then so did I, right? I was going to say, I wasn't <laughs> sure that he was driving this bus. Yes. Yeah, so um, one of our recent uh, vacations, we stayed in Lake House and I was like, we really, we've been talking about it. We've been casually, like I had a little reverse prospecting list set up to me, like looking at it. And I kept saying, you know, it has to be after this. Like we started looking last year and I'm like, no, Trent got sick, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so we've been kind of putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. And after his graduation party, he kind of was like, okay, we're going to go get one now, right? And I'm like, okay, let's start looking. He just so, wanted that damn jet ski. He really wants a jet ski. <laughs> so I kept kind of like trying to put it off um, just because moving is a lot. But oh, what a pain in the ass. Yeah, but here's the thing. Like, um, I'm very much a practice what you preach kind of person. And I do truly feel like now is a great time to buy a home. Um, the market is very healthy. It needs inventory still. So it's a good time to sell. And as we're going through this shift through the recession, um, prices, sellers are starting to drop their prices. So I had gave Trent a list of 70 homes in the portal. 70 homes? 70 lake houses. Yep. Lord. Because being in real estate, I can look wherever I want, right? Yeah. So I have the flexibility to look wherever I want. So I said, okay, here's a list of 70 homes on the lake that are available right now. Go through and pick out your favorite ones. So he made a list, which coincidentally, he's mini me. All of his houses were the exact same ones that I picked. <laughs> 
So there were 70 homes from the start. So he went through and made a list of his favorite 68. No, it was 10. He he, oh, okay. he wore the list down to 10. Um, so we I set up showings and went through. But first, first, before I set up showings, um, and actually before I made that list, I went to my loan officer and I said, okay, Greg, like, let's go through my pre-approval what do payments look like? What are rates today? Because for everybody listening, this is going to be a lesson for us all on what order to do things. Because when we get excited, no matter if you're in real estate or this is the first home you've bought, we tend to let emotions drive the bus. And if I can get anything through to you guys today in this podcast, it's emotions have no place in real estate <laughs> because they will drive your bus right off the road, right? Yeah. Um, so I had to really check myself because when I was loosely looking, like just sending myself lists, I had this huge um, range, like anything from 200,000 to in my mind, like 1.5 million. And then when I was like, okay, we're really going to go look at houses. I wanted to make sure I wasn't looking at houses that I wouldn't want to pay that monthly payment for because yes, I can be pre-approved for, you know, $1.5 million, but do I feel comfortable making the payment on that that size of a house and with today's interest rates because today's interest rates look different than they did six months ago. And they're going to look different depending on when you actually find the house, get it under contract and close on it as well. Yes, absolutely. So I wanted to look at, okay, what do payments look like? Am I comfortable paying that? Um, because that's another thing, guys. What you can quote unquote afford according to your DTI may look differently than what you feel comfortable comfortable paying and that can go up or down, right? Um, so you may feel comfortable paying $10,000 a month for a house, but what your DTI may allot for, what you can be approved for, maybe half that because yeah. they only take 50% of your income and vice versa. I can, you know, on paper get a $10,000 a month house payment, but I don't feel comfortable knowing that like if the world comes crashing down tomorrow, I, I don't want to lose my house right? So what do I feel comfortable with carrying? And I think that that's an important thing. <clears throat> if you're an agent and you're listening, or if you're someone who is eventually going to be working with an agent, um, that's definitely something to keep in mind is your, it's not just your real estate agent. You have a team of people that consists of your financial person, whether it's a loan officer, financial advisor, whatever. You have your real estate expert. So you have your financial expert, your real estate expert, and your title expert. And if you don't have a title expert, then usually your real estate agent has someone that they've worked alongside closely enough and in your case have actually bought and sold homes with and been on that other side. Um, and it's important to bring all of these people together and make sure everybody's on the same page because the, you know, the real estate agent, you know, doesn't have the insight that the financial expert has, right? Same. And so when we're, when we're running numbers, like when my client is like, okay, this is the house we're writing on it. I love it. I say, okay. And before I even send the offer in to be submitted, I run it by the financial expert and I make sure I get numbers from Heather at Epic Title. Mm -hmm. And I make sure that my client has not an exact number because you can never be exact because taxes are variable, interest rates are variable, but my clients go in knowing a really good ballpark of what they're going to have to bring to the table because at the end of the day, that's what makes deals fall apart. It's not even so much the, 
you know, the monthly payment, which is important. You should know that. But it's what do I have to bring to the table? Because I think that the general public, you know, has a they don't have a very accurate picture of what those numbers are. You're just like, okay, well, my down payment's going to be 5000 maybe some taxes, maybe 2000 so I'm only maybe bringing maybe, you know, 8000 to the table, when really you're going to come with $12,000 because you have lender fees, you have title fees, you have to do the taxes, all of that. Yeah, and that can vary during what time of year it is, too. So, yep. like, I'm looking in the summer, which means I'm right at the front of that summer tax bill, which is always the largest tax bill. So for example, right now, the house that I'm in that I live in right now, the taxes for summer are $7,600. Holy shit. So yeah. So if you buy it in July, like that's an extra $7,600 because you're at the front of that tax bill that's going to be included in your cash to close. Whereas if you were buying it in January, you know, you have half of that that's going to be figured in. Or if you're buying it, you know, in March, or April, you have a very small portion of that. So your cash to close can change very substantially. So start with your pre-approval. Start with your loan officer. Know what you're getting yourself into for cash to close because it is more than just down payment. Tax prorations make a big difference. And because property values have changed so much in the last couple of years, your tax amounts are going to change. So what I loved was Greg said, taxes are this today, but be prepared because they're going to be this tomorrow when mm -hmm. you close on it. So know that like your monthly payment is going to fluctuate by this amount. Now the previous owner, he's owned it on the house that I'm buying. He's owned it for like 40, 50 years. So his taxes are nice and low. They haven't been reassessed. But when I buy it at that big ticket price, my taxes are going to be much higher than his, even though it's the same home. So right. start with your pre-approval first, know your payment, know your cash to close, then get your list Get that list whittled down because once I got those numbers, that changed what we were looking at. Yep. Now we're only looking in this bucket. And then go out and look at the homes. Pictures are so deceiving. Oh, so my deceiving. gosh. Like when I looked at that list of 10, the one that I thought we would love the most. You got in there and you were like, this is a big nope. Yeah, no, it was so tiny compared to what the pictures looked like. I was like, listen, and the lake was like nothing. So it was like the decor was perfect. If you put it in like a house that was three times that size on a way better lake. <laughs> Miss Bougie over here. But, you know, you want what you want and you need what you need. Right. That's the other thing. So that's another thing to really think about because I would go into a house and I would instantly get really excited about it. Like me and Dave went and looked at this house and the decor was everything that I like. It was trendy. It was modern. It was that's new, going it was with the That's going with the seller. It's going with the seller. And he's and Dave was like, Trish, like things that I, again, my emotions were driving the bus, right? My emotions are... I want to get Trent into this lake house and I want something that I can just move in and unpack. My emotions aren't thinking about Dave's like, there's no, there's no master bathroom attached to the master bathroom. There's only one bathroom upstairs. You are not going to want to share a bathroom with the kids. We did that before. So like thinking about like what mistakes have you made in the past at mm -hmm. houses? So you don't repeat those same mistakes, yeah. right? So I come in and I see like, oh, beautiful kitchen. Oh, this looks, I can move in and unpack. But I forget like, like, 
I need my own bathroom and all my kids need their own bathroom. And like, I need almost my own floor of space and they need their own floors of space. So we need a lot of square footage because of where we're at in life. Like Trent's 18. He's an adult. He needs his own space. And Angelina's going to be 13 next month. So she needs her own space. And I like my own space. And we need a podcast studio. Yeah, so, I'm excited for that. Yeah, so Dave doesn't have to put all this stuff up and take it all down. So stay Oh, God tuned. bless. Can we get a round of applause? for producer Dave. Producer Dave making it happen. So you really have to get your emotions again out of the equation um, when you're thinking about the logistics of what you need. What do you need versus what do you want? Because another thing is, is sometimes I have a hard time picturing what could be. Mm. I only see what is today. Like for example, the house we're in right now. When I first looked at this house, I walked in and it immediately walked out. And I was not going to buy this house. And then we came back through with the Why kids. Um, because of how it smelled. Mm-hmm. So sellers, make sure your house smells good because smells can detour everything. And it had grungy carpet and the walls were just trashed. And it was they had lots of kids and lots of animals and lots of things going on in their lives. So they were busy and they wanted to move to their new house. And so I ended up getting a great deal on this house. And once I repainted it, recarpeted it and cleaned it and made it my own, it's fantastic. I actually don't want to leave here. Like if I could move <laughs> this house on a lake, I would keep it forever and ever. Um, but those details matter. So when you're in the seller's seat, right? So I am now selling this home. I am making sure all the trash is taken out when showings are. So I'm clearing the trash. I'm making sure that I have plugins that smell good. I'm making sure that everything is clean. I'm making sure that the counters are wiped, that everything looks, you know, perfectly, that my walls don't have photos on it. So pick people can picture themselves in the home, right? They mm -hmm. want to be able to picture their stuff. Like you might love your shoe collection. They don't want to see all your shoes out or all your purses out or all your, you know, stuff out. You Like you really have to give buyers the space to be able to imagine their things there. And um, so that was a big thing as a seller, like kind of switching gears from my buyer to my seller part, making sure that those things are in order because those are game changers. For those sure. are game changers. Because I would not have bought this house had Andy not sent me back again and was like, you need to go back through here. And then Trent seen the basement, which is set up as like a second house. And so he was like, like a we studio have to do apartment. Down yeah, there. yeah. We have a second laundry room down there, second kitchen, wet bar, living room, another bedroom, another full bathroom. So it was like perfect for a teenager. Um, but I couldn't see past or get past the way it smelled in the house. Mm -hmm. I couldn't do it. So I had. I had a buyer Ryan was showing last night and um I we showed four houses and then um the two you know he picked out two but I said what did you think of the other houses cuz I always like to give feedback even if it's not the winning house on our tour like it's important to know and I try to put that out in the universe cuz I appreciate it when I have a listing if someone's not going to make an offer I want to know why yeah and so I wrote the listing agent in the comments I was like heads up like great home great opportunity for someone else more work than my guy wants also heads up cat smell cat urine really really bad so if you just and I like to because sometimes the listing agent might not know that yeah, for sure I mean you know you if you're listing the house you should go see it mm -hmm. you know but maybe they had it much more clean maybe I don't know but like to give that heads up so 
Yeah. So we went and switching back to buyers, me and Trent went and we looked at all these houses and I would get emotional about one, leave it, get emotional about another one, leave it. <laughs> so the last house that me and Trent seen, um, I went in and I was like, oh, I feel it. Like this is our house. Like I could, I could envision us in the home. We all had our spaces. We all had our things. Um, and I left it and it was so funny because I, when I was on my way there, I was texting with Andy and he's like, you're not going to find a 5,000 square foot open floor plan on a lake. It's not going to happen. And I'm like, oh, I am manifesting it. God and the universe are bringing it to me. And then the next house we've seen was, was that house, was, was that house. And I'm like, this is it. This is it. And um, I sent it to him and he's like, okay, you know, um, do you want the good news or the bad news? And I'm like, good news. And he's like, well, good news is like it is your, you know, your square footage. It is on the lake. You're getting a great price. So again, guys, great time to buy. These sellers had brought the price down um, $250,000. No way. $250,000 over time. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because... The pictures were not good, so people were probably not coming to see it because they this, the listing agent did not have professional photographs. Mm. So when we went back through the photos, because we were like, I wonder why this hasn't sold. And Trent actually was the one that was like, it's the pictures, mom, because the pictures did not do the home justice of the mm. interior. Um, and then Andy goes, well, you know, there's a cemetery on the lake. It used to be called Cemetery Lake. Oh, my. He's like, so you're definitely going to be haunted. <laughs> And then he's like, you know, um, there's baseboard heat. So that's, you know, this age and it probably needs this, this and this. And I'm like, okay. And so I kind of got discouraged. And I'm like, all right, you know, maybe this isn't the home for us. And so the next day, me and Dave, or a couple days later, me and Dave went and looked at more houses. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I keep coming back to that house. So me, we went and looked at it again. So that kind of brings me to the next thing. Because when we went through, I was like, oh, I like it even more. And yeah, I'm like, that second look. Yeah. And I'm like, I this is just the house. Like, I know that there's a cemetery across the water. So our house might be haunted. Well, lucky with our faith, um, we don't believe in that shit anyway. So. Right. Um, but I was like, I just, I, I, I can see the opportunity opportunity in this and I know that once we paint it and once we carpet it just like the house that we're in like it'll be a beautiful haunted house yes, it'll be a beautiful haunted house so I was like I have I this is it like I know it um but again I was like all right listen like let's write an offer and if it's meant to be the offer will get accepted but what was the clincher remember you told me the clincher was the letter Yes. So that brings me to the letter, right? So um, the the letter that the sellers wrote or the letter I wrote? Well, you wrote your letter first and then they wrote you a love note back. Yeah. So when I went to go present my offer, I will tell you, buyers and agents, I know that there is so much controversy around a buyer's letter. I've even seen in the agent remarks, do not send a letter, your offer will not be considered. And I'm like, damn. That's that's illegal, number one, because as an agent, you have to present to your seller anything that comes across, whether you want to or Maybe not. Maybe it didn't say exactly that. Maybe yeah. it said if you send a letter, it won't be seen. It won't or be something seen. Like that. Yeah. And that's because some brokerages are telling their agents that you are not allowed to write a buyer's letter because they feel like it violates fair housing. Um, if it has something in there that violates fair housing. But like my letter was just an introduction. So I wrote a letter, had picture of our family 
Manly had a picture of uh, Billy podcasting, <laughs> Trent playing hockey, and Angelina um, doing her piano recital. And I'm like, dear sellers, I just wanted to introduce us. So you kind of got a little background about us and what we're all about. You know, Dave's a photographer. Trish owns a real estate company and loves to podcast. Billy, our Frenchie, sometimes is a guest. Angelina loves all things piano. She, I can hear karaoke right now. Yeah. Trent's our hockey player. He's super excited to get out on the pond and play hockey. When we walked through your house, we felt, we felt like this was going to be our home. Like we felt differently when we walked through it. We know this is a stressful time. We're going to be praying for you. And we know you have other offers, um, but we would love to make some new memories in your home. Super simple, super straightforward. And then and you got a 49-page novel. <laughs> I did. She texted it to me, and she's like, oh, my God, you have to see this. It's yes. so, so beautiful and the emotions of my feelings. And I'm like, go put on a hormone patch. Let me read this. <laughs> and it was beautiful. It was, And and that's one thing that I that I love. We we I showed a house um, last week, and the sellers were home. And I actually like them. Yes. I think I'm pretty sure I made a mandate with the dad and my husband to go fishing. Like, yes. <laughs> yeah, because real estate is relationships, right? And I say you got to keep your emotions out of it because I wanted the house. So in my mind, I was like, oh, we should pay whatever it takes. But then, you know, Andy steps in and is like, stop forgetting how to realtor. Like numbers, this is numbers. Numbers this matter. Is, this is what makes sense. Like this is the comparables in the area. These are the homes in the subdivision. This is your house. You didn't house. put it quite that eloquently. Yeah, he had some <laughs> other words, but I did. So I did do my due diligence. Me and Dave drove around the subdivision. We walked around the downtown area. We seen what's in the area. Are there the resources there that we need? There was a music school downtown for Angelina. Um, grocery stores, grocery stores, other real estate companies for recruiting purposes for me. CrossFit, <laughs> CrossFit. I checked out the CrossFits, and we're getting closer to our family, which is really important. Closer to you, yeah, eight minutes. Closer to my grandparents, You're in trouble. Closer to my dad. So that was like other things that made it make sense for us. Um, but I also had to make sure I checked my emotions at the door, and I put in a smart offer and I was like if this is meant to be it'll get accepted and they accepted our offer as is um and then the seller sent me that letter and he went through and just told me all of the amazing things about the area about the subdivision like we are on a little island um and there's only four other people and like they run this little association with a beach and they have chili cook-offs and they have fireworks and they have live bands and you can walk around Clarkston and do like all of these shows they have music in the park every Friday and he just told me all about all the things they had that his um, daughter's wedding at the place and like all of the cool things that they have done. And I was like, just so excited. And he's like, I pray to God out loud to bring me the perfect family. And you guys are in. And I was like, ah. So it's like you you have to take your emotions out of offers and negotiations. Um, and you have to thank people for their opinions. But at the end of the day, you also have to do you and trust your gut because you're going to be the one living there right so what's right for you might not necessarily be right for somebody else right so you also have to follow how you feel and when I walk I we in my letter I said thank you for letting us see the house not once not twice but three times we went there three times um and I had to get all the family on board and that's another thing like make sure if you have a family or you have other people that are in this decision making process make sure they're all happy because what you don't want to happen is 
because you go to the inspection and say like, say I chose the house and I didn't get Dave's input. And then I sent him to the inspection. He's going to be like, this house is a messy piece of crap because he doesn't want to live there. Right. Yeah. So I had to make sure I sat down with the kids and with Dave and we went through like, do we all want to move to this home? Do we all love this home? Are we all going to be happy here? And the kids were honest. They're like, Angelina was like, this is my dream home, but I also don't want to move. And I'm yeah. like, OK, let's unpack that. Why don't you want to move? And she's like, well, I have to change schools and that's going to be scary. And Trent came in and he's like, I've changed schools eight times. It is scary. But here's the pros to changing schools. You get more friends. You'll have more lifelong friends. You get new opportunities. They might have more clubs. They might have more sports. You get a, to be a part of new things. You'll get new friends in the neighborhood. And then she started to get excited. And then I got to have a really grown-up conversation with them about facing your fears, right? I'm like, anytime you're going to do something where you're going to level up in life, right? Like this house is bigger than our current house. It's on a lake. It's in a neighborhood where we'll have a downtown area we can walk to. We're going to be able to kayak. We're going to be able to boat. We're going to be able to be around our family. So this is a level up for us. This is a step up for us. But it is scary for all of us, and it is uncomfortable. And one of the things I told them, I'm like, a lot of times if you're going to make a change and it feels scary – that's just your brain trying to keep you safe and yeah. keep you comfortable. But you can't level up in life and you can't keep pushing forward and succeeding if you don't face that fear and recognize it for what it is and understand that excitement mm -hmm. also feels the same as fear. So sometimes we're excited about something, but it feels scary because they're the same emotions and they do the same things to your body. So we have to embrace that and remind ourselves of all the good things that are going to come from this and remind ourselves that out of uncomfortability is how you grow, right? Yeah. And we're going to grow and our life is going to get better and we're going to get more opportunities by being uncomfortable for a little bit because I am I am literally that client as a seller, right? So like kind of moving over to being a seller because I've had to adjust my mindset a lot being in the seller seat because I've moved 28 times and I have bought and sold I don't know, lots and lots of houses, but I have actually never listed my own home because I always had someone lined up to buy it. I always had a buyer. So I never oh. had to list my home on the market. And I literally am that seller. Like I went to go price my house and I'm like, I want 575000 And I went to Andy and I text him and I'm like, I need an unbiased third party, put your realtor hat on opinion of what I should price my house at. And so he came back and he's like, I think you should price it at 549. Here's why you have these things selling these things. And I came back and I'm like, yeah, but my house has two laundry rooms and a gourmet kitchen and this 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 is why it should be this. And he's like, okay. He's like, you understand you're in a cookie cutter subdivision, right? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, you understand like you totally just took your realtor hat off and you're being that seller. Like <laughs> my house is so special. He's like, yes, you have a great house and it is so special, but it's the same as all the other houses in your neighborhood. When a buyer and a buyer's agent looks at it. Yeah. So stop forgetting how to realtor and understand that you asked for my professional opinion and I am giving it to you, so follow that. And so sellers, 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 please listen to your agents. Although you are driving the bus, we are your GPS and you hire us for a reason. So if we tell you to price something at a certain price, it's because we're professionals and we have this history and we know what's going out in the world and it's going to be for your best interest. 
All right. Well, when we come back, Trisha is going to quickly run down five or six things that you must, must, must pay attention to during the inspection if you are working with an agent and you're buying. Um, you're going to want to be here and you're going to want to know this because not all agents work the same. I actually had one who didn't come to in the inspection and I'm like, oh, you didn't go to the inspection. So uh, stay tuned. We're going to hear a word from our lovely sponsors and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Elite Life. Elite Life. We'll be right back after this message. Do you know more than 80% of real estate agents fail and quit in their first year of business? MyStarsAcademy.com has set out to solve this problem by providing a convenient, expert-based training and coaching program for both agents and brokers. The Agent Accelerator program teaches agents everything they need to know to level up their business, have a constant flow of free leads, convert those leads into clients, and take those clients to the closing table and keep them coming back for more as repeat business. Our industry experts have years of proven success in the business and are here to share that gold through one-on-one coaching. This will help you achieve more structure and work-life balance. We will map you a plan you can follow, which will guide you through the steps to scale and grow in both your business and personal life. Don't be a statistic. Visit MyStarsAcademy.com and enroll today so you can get the success you deserve. Welcome back to the Elite Life. Business and life talks to help you get a little better every day. Here are your hosts, Kylie and Trish. Oh, oh, we came back. You came back too. Yay! I'm so glad that you're here. All right, Trish, lightning round. Five things that you need to pay attention to on the buyer side at the inspection, and then five things that sellers should do when they are listing their home. Okay. Go. Inspection. Five things. Number one, be there. The agent oh. needs to be there. The buyer needs to be there. If the buyer has somebody else that's making the decision or contributing the money, they need to be there. Why? Because you are going to learn things about how your house works and you're going to have to make a decision whether you're willing to do the work that needs to be done to get the house in the condition that you want it to be in and decide if when an inspector says XYZ is wrong, if that's a deal breaker for you or not, because your deal breakers are going to be different than other people's deal breakers. And you need to know how to work your house. So when we walked into our new house, we opened this one cupboard and it was just full of like, wires and like things we had never seen before because this house um, has baseboard heat and it has a well and it has this massive security and sound system and all of these like things we hadn't seen before. So it was really important that Dave went to the inspection. I was out of the state, so unfortunately I couldn't be there. But um, I went through the report like line by line, paragraph by paragraph. I went over with Dave exactly what he needed to learn, what he needed to know about and with the inspector went through with him. So so you need to be there. You need to learn about 
how your house works. You need to, number two, make sure your HVAC system is good, whether it's a heat, if it's baseboard heat, know how to work it, know how to replace it, know how much life is left in it. Your AC unit, make sure you know how to work it, how much life is in it, is it charged up, what could go wrong, what might go wrong, when it could go wrong, your HVAC unit is a big deal. Mm -hmm. Your roof, okay? Um, Roof Hat made the the inspector needs to be taking pictures of the roof and assessing the roof. So when I looked at our house, I was like, we probably need to plan for a new roof. When the inspector went up there, he's like, no, there's just a couple. The roof is actually newer. There's just a couple of um uh shingles shingles that are peeling a little bit just due to weather in Michigan. Not a big deal. Have someone go up, tap those down, you're good to go, and then put some uh, ice shielding on or flashing on or whatever. He's like, but your roof is good. It's newer, and I was Yay. like. Okay, great. Like, I'm not a roofer. I don't know that, right? Like, I just go by looks. So check your, be there, check your HVAC, check your roof. Um, if you have well and septic, you need to know where those are at and how to shock your well. So when you have well, um, there is a well cap that needs to be opened and that water needs to be tested. Make sure your inspector tests your water in your well. And if it's no good, it's not an end all be all. It is not a deal breaker. They can shock your well. And that is literally, I, when I found this out, I thought it was so crazy. You pour bleach in it. So you actually take chlorine bleach and flush all your lines because it's just bacteria from like outside that sometimes gets into that well cap and gets into your well and makes your water not good. Yeah. Um. So water can sound very scary, but it's actually a really easy fix. But it is something where you need to know where it is. You need to know how to work it and you need to know if it needs something done or not done. Right. Yeah. Same with septic system. Know where it is. Know if you have to pump it. Know how all of that works. Yada, yada, yada. Sometimes you can be on well and public septic sewer sanitary so you don't have to or public sewer sanitary so you don't have septic you might just have well Mm -hmm. um and like for us we can actually connect to city water if we want to so you need to know if that's an option or opportunity too so water is really important um and then um lastly most important with your inspection let me think of what else i said was really important it's Uh, show up, your roof, your HVAC, your water. um, Foundation. Foundation. Yeah, for sure. Foundation. Because again, in Michigan, um, with our weather, what a lot of people don't understand is the weather when you are in in not just Michigan, Midwest, anywhere where you have multiple seasons or very hot and very cold, your house will expand and contract. And that causes cracks. So most houses, if not all houses in Michigan, even new construction ones, you'll see cracks in the paint, sometimes cracks in the cement and the foundation if it's older. The inspector will tell you if those are cracks you need to be worried about or not. More times than not, they're just surface cracks. They're just surface cracks or they're not things you have to be worried about. They're just the house settling, expanding and contracting from the weather. But you want to look out for like bowing, bubbling, that kind of stuff. Yeah. We, We looked at a home for my cousins and we went down in the basement and with our untrained eyes, everything was fine. But when he stood up against the wall and took the picture straight along the wall, you could see where the bricks were starting to come in. So we had to pull out of that one. But that's super duper important because those, let's face it, HVAC, roof, foundation, those are the big ticket items. Yeah. You know, you can change the paint. You can change the carpet. You can even replace the flooring. All of that stuff is, you know, even if you have to go down to the subflooring sometimes, but still like those are the big ticket 
items to keep yeah. your hand. And I think like other things that you don't need to stress out about, but sound scary. Like I said, like the water is something that people get stressed out about. It sounds scary, but it isn't. In, in the Midwest, and again, where you have four seasons, like so many houses have mold in the attic. It's just because like, especially if you're on a lake house, like it's water. And for ours, we actually found a little bit of mold in the attic. The seller got it remediated immediately. It cost 800 bucks. 800 bucks, you're mold free, no big deal. And it was because an exhaust pipe that goes to the bathroom came off. I and see so, that all the time. Yeah. So the shower was just the water and the heat and the humidity was just going into the attic. So it created a little bit of mold and they went in and they cleaned it up and it was good to go. And it was less than $1,000. So don't let something that's not a deal breaker that can be remediated or fixed. Oh, wow. We reattached a pipe and got the mold cleaned out and you're good to go. You're all set, right? So run through the five things on the seller's end that um, you want to go over for when people are listing their house. Yes, when you are listing your house. Okay, so exterior curb appeal, number one, because people will not even come into your house if, if it the looks like shit looks on the like outside. crap. <laughs> yes. So I had, I listed two houses last month and both of them I had to go to the sellers. Sorry guys, but single men. And I was like, y'all get out and mow your lawn. You don't Put have some flowers down. You don't have anybody nagging you. <laughs> so I'm going to be the one that's doing it. So I was like, go mow your lawn. Put some mulch out. Even if you don't want to do flowers, fresh mulch, Mow your lawn, edge it, make it look pretty on the outside, maybe slap a clean coat of paint out there because all all good agents tell their clients to drive by, make sure you like the outside, make sure you like the neighborhood, and then they'll take you inside. So mm -hmm. if the outside is crap, they're not coming in. Right. So exterior, number one, sellers. Number two, smells. I know we talked about it earlier, but I will say it over and over again. If you have pets, get your carpets clean. We got our carpets clean, clean our furniture. We have a carpet cleaner, clean, 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 plug-ins. Make sure it smells fresh and not like something specific fragrant. Like don't go spray your perfume all over, please. Oh my gosh. The, um, the other thing is if you – because I know a lot of people, my mom, like not my mom especially, but people like food and sometimes they like very fragrant, mm -hmm. very strong food. So if you are that person who, you know, cooks a lot of – like Ryan, you know, in the wintertime, he, he does a lot of ice fishing, so we cook a lot of fish. Be conscious of that. Yes. Yes. Food, food smells, definitely. That is a great, great point. So smells, exterior, um, freshen up and your, your walls and your carpet if they need to be done. So like I had, luckily we painted recently. So I had the kids go around with magic erasers and just hit all the walls, hit yeah. the scuff marks, hit the high traffic areas, your lights, your doors, um, and be cognizant of that. Because when people are looking around, if you're constantly touching it and hitting it, they're going to notice that because that's where their eyes are going to go because that's where your eyes and your yourself always are. So freshen up those walls, freshen up those carpets. And the carpet could be just as easy as like bringing a steam cleaner yes. in. Just getting, getting, and it doesn't have to be like hiring Hagopian or anything. You can go rent a steam cleaner for a very reasonable amount of money and do the carpets yourself. And you would be surprised what you pull up and how nice it looks when you're done. Yeah. You can rent carpet cleaners from Home Depot, Lowe's, any of those, or just post on Facebook. I bet one of your friends has a carpet cleaner. Like we own one and Andy owns one. So a lot My of people just- has one. 
one. Yeah, a lot of people just buy them, especially if you have pets, you're used to having to clean carpets extra. So um, exterior smells, freshen it up, depersonalize it as mm. much as possible. Um, so if you have, like I went into one, actually in this neighborhood, one of my first high-end listings 10 years ago before I ever imagined I would live in this neighborhood, I listed a house and the seller had Every wall was covered in photos of their family. And they're professional photos, but I was like, listen, guys, I love your wedding pictures. I love that this whole wall is covered in it. It looks super cute. But other people have to be able to picture their things in your home and be able to personalize it as their own. As a buyer's agent, as soon as I hear my buyer start going, oh, we could put our uh, swing set over here and our vase over here and our art over That's here. That's when you know. I know that it's theirs. But if they can't do that because your stuff is everywhere, it's not going to happen. So depersonalize, declutter, clear all your countertops. We, I even had to put away my blender and you know, I love my protein shakes. I noticed your coffee maker is gone. Our coffee maker. I took everything off except like two things, which just kind of like look good on the countertop. Um, and you put out snacks. And I put out snacks. Yeah. So we have an island in the middle. So I put bottles of water. I put snacks because here's the thing, like buyers are emotional. So if they're hungry and they're starving and they're walking through your house, they might just like not be happy and they might buy their, not buy your house just because they're not happy. So if you can give them a drink of water and they walk in and there's a little bag of chips that they can eat as they're walking through and they're starting to feel better, those little details go a long way, a plus, long way. Plus eating releases serotonin. So they're you know, follow the science, people. Right. Follow the science. Yes. 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 Awesome. And, and last but not least, make sure your agent is following up with everyone. Like you did me such a solid yesterday. You're like, let me call all the agents and check in with them and see if they're writing because you've had so many people through in the last four days. Um, and I was able to send those to you so you can call each of the agents and follow up and get feedback. Because again, like as a seller, you may think your house is amazing. And as a listing agent, you may think your listing is amazing, but other people may see or smell or hear or notice things that you just might not notice. And yeah. you need that outside perspective. And don't get defensive. Like everybody's like, are you doing your open house? And I'm like, actually, I'm going to have other agents in the office do my open house because I don't want to hear people talk about my house. But I also, if they give constructive feedback, I'm also going to understand like I need that constructive feedback because I want somebody else to buy my house. So I need to take my emotions out of it, out of all of this equation and see what can I do better, right? Like mm -hmm. I need to be a coachable person and a coachable client um, and be able to say, okay, they think that I need to paint this room gray. So I need to paint this room gray, right? Like, yeah, it might be inconvenient. Or we had a showing set tonight. Like I'm sitting here praying to God, like, bring me the best buyer for my house. Get me a good offer. And then I wake up and there's a showing request. And I'm like, 8.15 at night, there's no other time they can come. <laughs> Looking at gift horse right in the mouth. Right. But I, I accepted that showing, right? Because I want to sell my home. So I have to take my own feelings. I have to be willing to get uncomfortable. And I have to readjust my mindset that my house isn't that special. It is just a house. I have to be patient. The market is shifting. I have to listen to the professionals that are giving me advice, although I'm a professional, just like they don't let doctors operate on their own family, realtors 
might not necessarily be the best person to list their own houses, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're emotionally involved. You feel a certain way about your stuff and your house and how it presents. And you need to take those outside professional perspectives and say, you know what? No, I'd rather price my house competitively so it doesn't sit. I'd rather repaint this room so it's something that's more appealing to the masses. I'd rather not cook fish for two weeks because other people don't like the way it smells. Yeah. Like, whatever it takes. I'd rather get on uncomfortable and not be in my house at 8 p.m. even though I like to be in bed by then. <laughs> you don't go to bed at 8 p.m. <laughs> you are the nice Some days lady. I do. <laughs> um, but be patient because good things come to those who wait. And then don't, last thing, I know I've gotten long, but don't skip steps, y'all. I, I was so wrapped up in my emotions and being like away in New Hampshire. Our offer got accepted when I was in New Hampshire. I said that earlier. And so I, you know, I'm a doer. So I want to start doing things and doing things and doing things. And I haven't even had my inspection yet. And I know full well. I know full well. It is so easy to coach and teach and preach. But when you have to do it yourself. It's hard. It's so hard. It's so hard. And I am constantly like, I am the worst client in the world because I'm doing all the things that we tell our people not to do, right? Yeah. And so as a buyer, I haven't done my inspection yet. And I'm like, here's my title order and here's my this and here's my that. Knowing full well, like that price could change if something came back bad on my inspection. Or maybe I don't even end up buying this house because something comes up so bad. Right. You know, and I I'm making all those mistakes. So I, I really had to stop myself and really like lean on you and Andy and Dave and outside people to like put me back into the right emotional space of let's not start shopping for curtains when we haven't even got past the inspection. Right. And I know this <laughs> and I teach this and I coach this and I tell my clients this, but when it's me it's a whole different ballgame. Yeah. I'm like, my house has been on the market for 15 seconds. Why don't I have a $20,000 over asking price offer? You know, like, yeah. So you have to, you have to let other people help you get out of that box of emotions. Don't skip steps. Even if you're excited, don't skip the steps. Do it in the right order. Get your pre approval. Make sure you're in your right price range. Go look at the outside. Go look at the inside. Do your homework on the house. Do your inspection. Negotiate without feelings. If you can't negotiate without feelings, have somebody else do it. If you can't get feedback from other agents without feelings, have somebody else do it. Like, make sure you're doing it the smart way and not the emotional way. Um, because no matter how, I mean, I've been doing this for almost 20 years now, and I have bought and sold. Like I said, I've moved 28 times, so many homes. But when you're when you're in it, when you're in the trenches, <laughs> it's a whole other ball Different game. Different story. It is. Well, I think that all of that was super helpful. Um, if you are, um, if you're listening here, listening there, listening anywhere, please drop us a love note. Leave us a five-star review. It's going to help us reach so many more people, which is really what we're aiming to do is just to reach out and help people. Um Take this knowledge, apply it, share it. Please share on social media. We we love when people are sharing our episodes. It's such a compliment to us, and we're so glad that you're here. But come back next week for some more elite life, some more motivation, some more love, and uh, some more of our cute faces because you know you love that. Bye, guys. We thank you so much for joining us today on the Elite Live with Trish and Kylie. Be sure to share the episode with a friend so we can continue bringing you more great tips on grit, 
Grace, and Real Estate. You can also connect with us on Instagram, Facebook. We hope the ideas we share continue to help you build an empire and leave a legacy. 